Welcome to The Heart's Cry, uncovering the hidden tools of how to live your best life in real life. This podcast was created with the mission to get below the surface and truly help someone, not just skin deep, but truly increase the quality of life for the listeners. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to The Heart's Cry podcast. I'm Tiffany. I'm Minister Tish. And we are your hosts. Thank you for joining us for our second episode. On our last episode of The Heart's Cry, we discussed, Does the Church Still Matter? As a part of our Generational Chatter series. Now we're continuing the conversation with, What Needs to Die or Be Revived in Order for the Church to Remain Relevant? Let's dive in. What do we need to bring back or what do we need to get rid of, move on as a church body, as a church community? Because a lot of stuff we do is tradition, but not necessarily biblical, um, which, which can put the divide in between the generations. So what have you, has anyone ever considered something that we can do without um, I think I think so. I'm stressed. Go ahead, So I know you talking about the lyrics, um, which I think you're saying like church being a fashion show and like uh, being side eyed, showing up in tents and stuff. Um, I know here our chapel, we're very casual when um, coming to church. Like you, people can come to church wearing a Howard T-shirt, jeans, and sneakers. And like, we're all still gonna praise God the same way that we would have if we were at home um, in like our Easter dresses and stuff. And so I know like now, even when I come back to Mount Pleasant, sometimes like, like I wanna wear uh, dress pants instead of a dress every Sunday. Cause like, I've always like worn a dress every single Sunday when I would come to church. And now like, I appreciate being able to um, like having having like church fashion uh loosen up a bit and um is it uh i feel like i've all like even back when i could wear like white heels um versus like my like white adidas i still can you know clap my hands and sing the same way um Amen. versus a skirt so I remember when I first came a deacon, <laughs> never thought I'd be a deacon. I mean, that wasn't on my to-do to list, right? Um, you know, because, you know, yeah, you know, I spent 20 years in the army and six in, that, that wasn't preparing me to be a deacon. I can trust me on that one, right? <laughs> Y'all read in between the lines. But, <laughs> right? uh, so I'm being semi-transparent. Um, uh, when we build our relationships, the rest of the story would come. Okay, I want to say because millennials just said uh, we want to, we want to know what's in between the lines. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'm throwing the millennial stuff back at you, and you wanted the millennial Gen X said we like relationships, so that comes with the relationship, which ties mm-hmm. into another thing. How do we move forward? You got to have, and my recommendation is to be patient, and it requires listening and having. You got to be patient, and have listening, all to build that relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had some generations uh, in the church. I mean, with amongst the deacons, I'm like, I was 40 years old when I became a deacon. They call me like young deacon. I'm like, man, I'm 40 years old, 20 years in the military. How are you calling me young? Right. Okay. But it was this thing that we had to kind of like listen. But the challenge we had was this. 
we was asking a question of the older deacons. Don't tell them I said that. Uh, why do we <laughs> close your <laughs> ears? Fact, yeah, close your ears, right? Because uh, this is what our inside conversation. Mm -hmm. But since we've been transparent, you know what we say is here stays in here. So for the people online, but it was a good conversation. Mm -hmm. It was we was asking, why do we cover up the trays, right, for the community? You know, and why do we have these sheets? And you know, the deacons we come out there and they, you know, they starts to the nine and we put the, the, the sheet right at the edge of the table, you know, and Deacon Henderson and them all come down and I down the line. I thought it was back in the military, right? I'm like, why do we do this? Uh, to your point, Trist, was it biblical or was it just tradition? Come to find out it was tradition and it started, you know, our church, you know, we got some history, you know, we've been around, what, 150, help me out. 155. 155, right? So when we started out, we didn't have that nice Central Ave pretty building that we have right now, right? You had the old school days where, you know, you got to open up some windows and, and you know, and, and, you know, everything coming in to include flies, gnats, everything. So they started covering up what we find out in Pastor Shamla. Well, they, and they didn't have those nice pretty trays that we had that we would put the communion stuff in. And so they put the sheets over the trays, right, mm -hmm. to protect our communion. So you wouldn't be drinking a fly when you, when you took your little <laughs> communion, right? So we're like, okay, do we need that now? And so if you notice, we don't have those pretty sheets that we were spilling, uh, not wine, but juice uh, <laughs> well, on and everything that we had to go back and get washed. But it took a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. It took us communicating with each other to ask why and it took all of us respecting each other and listening to each other to make that transition what we needed was communion what we did not need was the sheets to cover up the communion anymore because now we was good so i would say before we take anything away or before we want to add my recommendation to be do what we're doing now let's just have a meaningful active conversation with a group of different people representing the different generations to then find out what is needed and why and what can we transition for what we're trying to accomplish. That was a good story. Mm -hmm. I appreciated but that. Fact, I really did. You, you can't share it to remember I get in trouble with the deacons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> Thank you, though. Well, well Lanier, uh, uh, traditionally, um, um, back during during the time where people used to have um, used to have to work in the fields, the sharecroppers, et cetera, et cetera, and um, the church was the entity where they could come um, when they had issues with you know um, being black. You know, you won't respect it. Um, being a black person was you know the scum of the earth kind of thing, and mm -hmm. so the church was the place where we could come or, you know, according to the historical record. I mean, I'm okay with dressing down, you know, and et cetera, et cetera, but out of tradition, some of these things have been kept yeah. <laughs> through the course of the year. So people, um, you know, this is a time where they could come and be somebody or come and wear their Sunday best. And they, you know, you, you see that show called Sunday Best. Uh, they can come in with the Sunday best and dress the way they dress and, you know, have pride and dignity, you know, in the black church. And and that that symbol right there has remained and stuck through tradition. Mm -hmm. Not that you can't come in, you know, with a Howard T-shirt and a pair of jeans. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's just been passed down through families. You know, and some of the 
family history. My grandma used to pluck me upside the head if I didn't put, you know, um, my little suit on with the little vest, <laughs> my little white shoes, you know, to go to church. Um, but, you know, I, I'm okay going to church, you know, dressing down, waving my hand, lifting my hand, praising God. Um, but some of those things have uh, is, is a part of our culture. And it's just mm-hmm. been passed down through the generations. And so, um, you know, so, so yes. Uh, so when Tish asked the question about tradition, uh, like um, Deacon Hires saying, you know, the conversation, but also out of respect for me as a pastor in this community of faith, you know, I, I dress up, I dress the way I do, wear my, wear my uh, robe, uh, because I know the uh, what's in the air i know what's you know what the life of the church stands and um but i know some of the new contemporary churches today you know they're addressing that mm-hmm. so, you know but their conversation needs to be had um but out of respect for the four generations i have in the church mm-hmm. i still maintain a certain level <laughs> as as the leader of the church so but but yes, we could go to the chapel, Rankin Chapel, and praise God, you know, from the start to the finish, you know, uh, with Howard t- t-shirts on, not Hampton shirts, but Howard shirts. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll say that this conversation is like very passionate for me, so I'm probably try to summarize my thoughts on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm <laughs> really thinking this one through. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, so of course I used to attend my pleasant and I loved it. You know, I loved um like the seasonedness of it. I loved being surrounded by older people who you knew went through things, whether they told you or not. Um, I found a lot of wisdom in, in Mount Pleasant, and I I was able to see older women of God who you can look at them and tell now, like I can tell you've been through something, but, but God has given you a poise about yourself now that you're older and you've been walking with him. And that was very encouraging um, to see and to witness and to have a part of me. Um, so I'll start there. That was a very uh, important, impactful thing that really shaped my, my walk. Um, however, there was a point that I did feel like I had like spiritually outgrew the space that I couldn't um, stretch out my arms and I couldn't stretch out my relationship and my love for Jesus as much as I was experiencing with like, how you pronounce your name? Lania, right? Like Lania was saying, I was in college at that time. And so I'm going to college and we're sitting in the middle of of the hallway and we're having these radical conversations about God. And we're, you know, seeing our friends write poetry and make music about Jesus and really, really be passionate about it. And back then we were really listening to Christian hip hop and then getting into the word, like listening to these lyrics and like, bro, we got to look this up and having real conversations. And we were really growing in that way. And then when I came to church on Sunday, I felt like, okay, you know, because there was, um, there was so much tradition present that I almost felt like it was I'm so sorry, y'all. Like, I almost felt like it was like wasting time. Like, okay. You know, like, when do I get to the part 
about the holiness of God and the Holy Spirit. And what I came, I came to have an encounter with the spirit of God, the truth of God that I can go and carry and share. Cause we're, you know, we're excited about Jesus at that time. Um, but I was sitting through a lot of tradition. And so I just felt like, man, I had just the day before spent two hours in a room with college students, just praying for each other for two hours. And I just feel like I've been sitting here for two hours and pastor ain't even in, like told me what the word of God said, <laughs> you know? So there for me and my experience, the tradition, um, when you come to church broken, because I was really broken and, but I was also very hungry for more of, of God's spirit and his love and his word. Um, but you're met with tradition. And so you're, you're waiting. And then once, you know, the pastor comes forward and is preaching now is like, you're on a time constraint and maybe, you know, now everybody is hungry and, and tired and ready to go, but it's just like, we could have been praying for two hours. We could have been, you know, like worshiping for two hours, not like he said, I in the sheets on the table. Like this is, you know, th there are certain things that it's just like, yes, we worship God on our own. Yes, we're growing in our faith Monday through Saturday. But there is a very special thing that I learned in college about doing it in fellowship, which is to me in my interpretation, why God said it's necessary for us to gather and worship him, not indulge in tradition. And there, like he was saying, there are certain things that, that we are still doing that made sense for, like I said, that time for those believers. But now we're living in a different time. And if we have the heart as the kingdom of God to really um, be the like how Deacon Henderson was saying, and, you know, people are hurting and people are in need of Jesus. And we know this. But it's truly in my conversation, because I do talk to a lot of unbelievers and they are dealing more of what we would know to be tradition, but they are thinking that that is church. They're thinking that that is what being a Christian is about. And that's all that they see. So um, they're not necessarily always going to be able to be present in those times that I spent in the time that I spend now in private settings with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're like going in, we're having these conversations, we're praying and we're worshiping. They're not really present for those moments. Um, and so all they can see from the outside is in a way what we do on Sunday and how we interact with them at work. And I don't believe that that is a true um, insight on like this love that we're, you know, we're grounded in as, as Christians. And so I, I, I personally think the structure of the way, this is my preference right now. I attend a house church and I love it because it is life on life. It is very intentional. I am very seen and I'm able to see others. Um, it's not only someone like pastor Johnson who is blessed and has been gifted with gifts um, that is valuable, you know, that we're all carrying something that's valuable for one another. Um, and like Deacon Henderson, uh, I'm sorry, no, not Deacon, Deacon uh, Hires was saying, 
um, that we have things that we can offer each other outside of just the pastor. Um, and that's the way God created the body to be, that we're all doing unto each other. Um, so those are sort of whew, my summary. <laughs> that was no summary. That was a passionate thing because you, you do. I'm going to mess with you. It's a, it is a passionate thing because you do realize yeah. that people are really broken and are really searching. And the solution that we've all come to understand is that it's Jesus. And um, I think that it would be selfish of us to maintain tradition and not really give people in ourselves. Ultimately, like we we be needing more than the tradition too, um, what we actually need. You know, I think it's a little selfish to hear from unbelievers that this tradition is keeping me out of here. And we're saying, well, we've always done it, you know? Um, but the goal is to, to, is to have the heart to give them Jesus. And if that means sacrificing the cloth, then sacrifice the cloth. I remember, I'll be done after this. I remember I had a worship night and, and praise God for Pastor Johnson for being open to the expression of, of, of new generation, of new ways that we have given ourselves permission because it's always been there, but we've given ourselves permission to praise God in. And I had a worship night and he knows I was so upset, <laughs> mad. I was mad because there was a, an environment that I saw was really healthy in worship. And I was doing something that wasn't really done at Mount Pleasant, but was done in my community of people. And so I asked to dim the lights. Now, naturally, you I'm dimming the lights because it eliminates distractions. It allows you to feel more comforted and like less seen so that you can actually get a like have your moment with God without thinking about who's watching you and all these. There's a lot of things that goes into the environment. It's like we can say worship, but if the environment is doesn't feel safe to people, they won't go there, you know, Um and I was told no, and I was mad. And I was told no, because they wanted to tape it. I'm like, people, <laughs> I went to pastor. I was like, well, what about worshiping God who cares about this DVD that y'all are putting together? We came to worship God, you know? So it's things like that, where I did have the, the understanding of why things were being recorded and people having the opportunity to witness their worship, but I cared about the souls that were present at that time more than that. Um, and so it may not be eliminating it all and, and just chopping it all, but it's, it's just being open and having the heart to consider um, the ways in which the tradition is hindering what God wanted to do on, on a given time. So now, so, actually, actually, that's biblical. <laughs> <laughs> that part, that part to it, but 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 you know, we we know um, that we worship a certain way, and we have four different generations and cultures, right? And you know, we 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 how do we how do we find balance? What do you, what do you all think? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, Pastor, you know. <laughs> I was gonna say after that thesis, 
But you threw a lot out there on us, right? Yes, he had a lot. Yes, wow. You know, I'm like, one thing I was saying, I was, no, 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 it's nothing to be sorry about. I mean, again, it goes to the point I said, you know, we had to have real, true conversations, right? Not only just, you know, talking, but listen to each other. But everybody listened to each other. And I was going to say, you know, hey, I'm so thankful I have not been called to do what Pastor Johnson has been called to do. Right. I mean, I personally believe that the pastors back in the old days had it easier. I mean, trying mm-hmm. to lead a multi-generational church, Khadija, you just shared with us how hard it is, right? Someone mm-hmm. came up with a great idea in the church. Wow, we know we need to record this so we can share it with more people. And mm-hmm. now we got another gentleman saying, oh my God, I'm trying to get in the middle of worship and you know, you guys need to dim the lights so I can get in there, right? <laughs> and so pastor, and, you know, I, I got to tell you, that, you know, look, I'm not trying to, I need to be no one hype guy, you know, but I, you know, I just got to uh, speak truth to power. You know, my experiences with Pastor Johnson is short time I've known him, but all the years I've known Sister Angel and Deaconess Henderson and, and Deacon Evans is that one thing I love about all of them, they're willing to listen to you. You may not like what they share with you afterward, but one thing in my experience of knowing them over the years, it's authentic, right? It's authentic. What they're sharing with you is authentic. Now, back to the pastor of Khadija, you just shared with us how hard it is to really be able to lead a multi-generational church, yeah. right? Because if he, in my opinion, I believe that the pastor did exactly what you said, half of the boomers in the other generation would leave, right? <laughs> right? Because they would feel that their voice is not being heard. So not an answer to how you fix the problem, but saying, okay, in order to address it, you have to come together and have a conversation and everybody respect where everybody's at and then respect the decision that you, when you have a pastor who's willing to listen to everyone to not facilitate a way on how he can try to fix that void for everyone, right? Because here's the thing, with the same things that you mentioned, here's been my experience. If you go to one place to fix that, it's gonna be something a little bit different that's gonna crop, crop up from the other place. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a mechanism mm-hmm. in place on how you're going to address what prop up, that's where the problem is going to exist at. So the key is to have a good mechanism on how you're going to address those factors. Imagine if when we direct that issue that I talked about earlier, and Chairman, I forgot you was on the phone, so don't get me later now. You're in Deacon Henderson, he done pop mm-hmm. back on. Um, but if we did, the key to that was we had people that was willing to listen. And they could have, but at first, I got to tell you, some of the people said, well, we've always done it that way. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you bringing up some interesting points. I don't think anyone on here have said, well, we've always done it that way. Mm-hmm. What we've said is, okay, well, you know, I'll take it into consideration. Let's all, let's listen to each other, hear what you're saying from different perspectives. Now, how we got there, now what does it need to transition and move it forward, right? Yeah. And so I think, again, I think these are great things that you're bringing up. But again, Pastor Johnson, leading that multi-generational church, that's a really pull on leadership. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But if we're not- yeah. He was very conflicted. He was very conflicted because he understood me, but he also understood where Absolutely. where we were. And um, he always was understanding of like what we were learning, because the, 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 the point is, is that it's not necessarily that one generation is better than the other. I just think that God is continuously teaching us and enlightening us the freedom that we have in Jesus. And to my generation, now we have lights, camera, action happening in 
mega churches that I don't like. But at that time, it was like we were learning that, you know, our clothes had nothing to do with my love for Jesus. We were learning that I actually can actually worship God with my artistic abilities. I can worship God in the dark and cut the cameras and everything is going to be okay. You know, now we are like um, Deacon Hires was saying, we've gone, in my personal opinion, that we've gone a little too far. You know what I mean? Now we are partying in church and the Lord in his sovereignty and his perfection and his holiness will reel us in and continue to teach us the freedom that we have um, in Jesus. But without um, like that heart to listen, um, it is very difficult. I can 100, like if we're going to keep it real at that time, it wasn't as soft at maybe what things are now, which is why I personally felt like I I, I had outgrew uh, the space because there was a lot of resistance to to those things initially. That's just the truth. Mr. Angel, so did you I kind of think that I, I kind of think that uh, the Lord has somewhat reeled us in. <laughs> uh, with COVID, with COVID, even mm -hmm. because with COVID the way it was, now church has the the worship service has been refined, and so now we are we are coming together and we are literally worshiping. We are we're singing God's praises, preaching God's word, praying. And we don't have to march around the table for offering anymore, which took up a lot of time. It was tradition, you know, and everything. But I think that sometimes things have to happen yeah. in order to change. Because like, even with, within the tradition, amongst the baby boomers, there were some that were saying, why do we have to do this? And some were saying, because that's the way we've always done it. So sometimes mm -hmm. God has to step in yeah. and make that difference. So during this generational chatter discussion, we discovered that there's some differences between the generations, but there's also so much that brings us together that is similar we're all looking for relationships we're all looking to please God and sometimes the traditions get in the way and sometimes um, our mindsets get in the way but if we can focus on Jesus that is the goal of each one of us is to please our father if we keep that in the forefront of our mind then we'll be able to walk together in agreement. So we are so thankful for all of our panelists that joined us and we will revisit this conversation because we need each generation to live and to be active in the church in order for us to prosper, in order for us to complete God's assignment for the church. Thank you to our special guests who shared their experiences and their heart. We are so grateful to have you be a part of the Hearts Cry podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hearts Cry podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed our generational chatter discussions. I'm Minister Tish. And I'm Tiffany. Until next time.